Hey, Moto Academy <laughs> podcast. Do you think it's going to sound really good in yeah, here it's gonna too? Sound amazing. Wow. I am very excited. If you're just listening, we are doing this podcast for the first time in our mobile podcast studio inside of the Moto Academy van. Custom Upfits did the build. Thank you, Custom Upfits, because it's absolutely insane how nice this thing is. And cameraman Cam and myself just customized it ourselves. And pretty much everything you ordered, I feel like... It worked. Worked, which I'm surprised by. Well, thanks. We got mounts everywhere. We got a camera dead in front of me, which is my camera I'm looking into. Whatever lens also you got on your camera. It's crazy wide. Super wide. Crazy wide. But we're in a van, so it's cool. I am really curious to see how this ends up looking. We got the neon sign behind me. Finally. If you're just listening to this podcast and you want to watch it, go to (laughs) club.themotoacademy.com for the full episodes. Because if you weren't before, you're going to want to be watching these Life. We got a light up top that you yeah, guys can't light. see. We got guys. I mean, this is the coolest <laughs> little space ever. I mean, and this was kind of the idea. I was like, I want right. to create a cool space for myself that I could go and ride during the day, and when I'm done, press a button, and podcast away yep. by myself. Right? I could yep. just get questions nonstop and just do it myself. Yep. I could have guests in here. So if I was at a track and there was somebody cool there riding, hey, you want to come in the van, just record a podcast quick? That's definitely what I'm excited for most is just being able to, at Supercross, we can grab people. Like if you're like wherever, where it's going to move with us. It's all literally all the cameras and everything are mounted to the walls, to the ceiling. Um, The sign is mounted. It's all going to move with us and it's just ready to rip. I am so curious to see what the shot looks like. What do you mean? You can see well, it. Well, you can, can kind of see it, but it doesn't do any justice until you actually see it on a computer screen. Yeah. Because you have like all this, the crap on your it's pretty, screen that I can't see. This is legit. I mean, just honestly, our view is pretty darn cool. <laughs> like just to see, like also I'm a geek, but oh man, this is wicked. The light worked out. This was a flawless install. <laughs> minus. Minus two bolts. Two bolts. We, uh, and stripped. by we, I mean I. Well. Stripped two of them when they were halfway in. Oopsie daisy. The other two are in there. I think it'll hold. It appears to be holding. So we should be fine. With that being said, this, I think, is going to hopefully, we need to come up with a good system, but this is going to start, I'm going to be pumping out a lot of podcasts. Well, you can do them on your own. Yeah. Well, you know, like. I just need to figure out what to do with the footage and the, the sound yeah, and you'll well, have to show me. It's but, fine. We'll figure it out. Yes. So Crazy. More podcasts coming. Subscribe. If you just listen and you want to watch, go to club.themotoacademy.com. We're going to do a bunch of questions today. Probably Cam's uncertain. Well, I think we have, we're, we're going to go through about five, six, seven questions maybe. Something like that. What else is new? The tours in full swing? Uh, trip giveaway. Duh. Yeah. That's what's new. we've got a trip giveaway it's in full effect if you're watching this you can win a trip if you're inside of the moto academy the last one we did with salt lake city epic oh my gosh that was so beautiful we had the real gp and cowie ryan yep that was awesome cowie ryan and i are like homies now so we went i want to do these more i just want to keep doing more and more of them because it's cool I mean, we haven't done one yet where the person has come and gone and they like weren't all of a sudden almost a part of the team at that point. No, 100%. Like, honestly, like, I 
feel like I've become friends with every trip mm -hmm. trip giveaway. When I still yeah. talk to Eric, I'm stuck talking to Jackson. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like Cowie Ryan, for instance, Jackson he, was like that was a casualty of an. Can't believe we got stuck with him for good. Good, uh, I know we literally can't. Sometimes you want a trip giveaway and we can't get rid of you. Um, yeah. No, but Cowie Ryan won Salt Lake, and like two weeks later was San Diego, and I went to San Diego. That's and right. He, he just came down, and hung out with me. Like he slept on my on the floor of my hotel room. Sorry, nice. um, it was the smallest bed I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it's just cool. What was the one before Salt Lake? With Fire Will. Fire at will. Yeah. Forgot about fire at will. How could you forget about fire at and will? And that was, every one of these trips has been so epic in its own way completely. And each time we do it, we're like, how, what are we going to do to kind of one up the experience? And then we always just sort of do in like a. Right. Because this one is going to be completely different. Dude. So fire at will. Shout out fire at will. Fire at will has been very open about the fact that his after riding snack our pickles mm -hmm. dude i've completely hopped on that train after you're after riding snack yeah they they like any gas station i would imagine anywhere because i can find them anywhere up here which says a lot there's they're called oh snap yeah they're like pre-cut in baggies oh almost. gosh they're awesome yeah pickles yep. in a bag yep shout out fire at will I'm shout all out fire but at yeah will. so this one's new england Home sweet home. We're picking a winner September 15th. We're going to do it the same way inside of the app where you just send in a simple submission picture with like a two sentence write up. I forget how we did it last time, but that announcement will be out or it's already out if you're watching and listening to this. And then we'll pick a winner live inside of the app. Maybe we'll have some surprises when we announce the winner all as well. And then we're going to fly you guys into Connecticut to ride tracks with me in the New England area is the plan. So it'll be me, cameraman Cam, uh, driver Jamie, I'm sure, because he's yep. local. Uh, we're going to film content, a bunch of whole different content stuff. We're going to do podcasts, I'm sure. Yeah. We're it'll be super cool to see someone from who knows where come ride the tracks at like these are my, I mean, these are these have been my home tracks. You've been living all over the place, but these have been my home tracks now. You know what I mean? Like, this is where we, me and my buddies go ride, and then we'll just have you know someone random. You know what would be random. cool? What? I live 30 minutes from Southwick. Yeah, we could go to Southwick. And I think that when we were, we were planning to fly somebody in, it's going to be on a Wednesday. We could go ride Southwick probably on a Wednesday. Sure. That would be fun. Have I ever told you about the time I tried to ride Southwick? That would be really fun. It was the best, oh, yeah. worst day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would be the, yeah. That'd I mean, be just problem. be prepared. If you win the trip, Southwick, especially on a weekday, usually they leave it rough from the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you better uh, be an A rider. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you had the best trainer to be able to kind of help you through the process. You know, for a some reason, bit. I was all alone when I went. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was great, but it was terrible. And if you don't ride Southwick, we'll ride a track that definitely wouldn't be sand. So don't worry. And in fact, by then, Oh, by then it's coming right around the corner. Driver Jamie might almost be done. I'm doing a KDX build. Mm -hmm. I have a KDX 200 and 1990 that my uncle Scott brought. He bought it brand new. He rode it, raced it, very reluctantly passed it on to me. At which point, <laughs> KDX rider went into full effect, and I never got around to changing the oil on that bike, Cam. What? Never changed the oil. Not, Not once, once in the entire life of the bike. Holy cow. And it just kept running. Oh, I bet. It kept running. I don't even know if I was mixing fuel. I think I was just putting fuel in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and it still ran. So now driver Jamie is at his house and he's going to rebuild all of it. Yep. And what's funny is him and mechanic Dan are kind of doing this together and oh. you're going to surprise me with the build. I don't get to pick out the graphics or what it oh, looks like or anything. Sick, dude. So it should be funny. And where I moved to, uh, we're butts up right against the state forest. Yep. So when the trip winter comes, we just can go ride woods even if we want. Yeah, that's cool. So that would be cool. So if you're more of an off-roady guy, Moto Academy is going full off-road with it now. Because yep. I'll have a KDX, which is the best woods bike of all time. And I'm going to be riding woods every single day. So I'm going to probably get pretty good at it. Yeah, that's awesome. Which will be funny. That's super cool. Yeah, um, I'm pumped about that. Yeah, so that's that's what's new. All right, so um, so we just did like a little, we did like a mini little tour around New England, kind of, sort of. Oh, yeah, we did. We haven't talked about that yet, right? Have we? No, it was way too, f well, that I'm driving to that same area tomorrow, which is so far away. No, you're going much further than Utica, dude. Tomorrow? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Syracuse Oops. is way over there. It's not close. It's like five. I know it's five and a. It's like five hours from me. So I have class tomorrow at Compound MX, which, in my opinion, is one of the best tracks in the Northeast. Is it like the only training facility up here? Yeah, it is. Right. Uh, mm, I I don't know. I don't know of any not others. Sure. Not sure. Well, whatever. I think so. Uh. It's amazing. The dirt is awesome. It's definitely a higher level track. Like you, it's more intimidating. It's built kind of like a training facility, but it's safe. Even if you're a complete beginner, you could go there. Would you just be intimidated to ride? Oh, it? I I did a half a lap once. I mean, it obviously it's fine, but it's peaky. Mm -hmm. I mean, the jumps are legit, mm -hmm. and they all kind of look the same. That is true, a little bit. But that's okay. so we're going there tomorrow, or I'm going there tomorrow, and I'll just take this. Really? Yes. Yeah. You drive this all the way. That's awesome. Yeah, might as well. It gets the same gas mileage as my truck, so I might as well just take the van. Maybe I'll just do a podcast while I'm there. Yeah, why, why not? not? Why not? Why not? Yeah, have we talked about? No, I don't think so. Are so, you sure? I yeah, I feel like we did, but there's no way. I have this just happened last week. I haven't been here. Why does it feel like we've talked about it, but I know we haven't? Huh. The last yeah, podcast right. we did was weeks ago. So we went to an FCA class. Yeah. Where did we right? talk? Did we talk about it somewhere? I sure hope not. I don't I think imagine we Imagine if we've done a whole podcast on it. And no, we, we, we definitely haven't. So we went to an FCA class at a private property in Utica, New York. Yeah. And FCA is a... Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So it's a, a week-long class. Camp. Camp. Yeah. Which I like. After attending just one day of that, I like the concept of the loosey-goosey kind of, you know, you could free ride, you could do drills, you could do, just, it's fun. It was oh, fun. It looked so it There looked was like so such much an fun. instructional and learning element to it, but it was just fun. I think it'd be cool for Moto Academy to do bigger events, which, by the way, we're doing one. I'll let you spoil that. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Okay. I mean, that's. We're fine. doing one at Tomahawk MX, and uh, when is it? Are you gonna say the date? The date is locked in. You know? What? Oh, really? Yeah, twenty seventh, twenty eighth, or twenty eighth, twenty ninth. One of those. Friday, it's, Saturday. It's a Friday, Saturday. Yeah. The last weekend in September. And guess what? Also falls in those two days. Your birthday. The Glen Helen twenty four hour race. Again. Same, same two days. No. 
<laughs> yep. True story. Same two days. So, uh, yep. Well, next year. Well, we'll be at Tomahawk. It'll be way better. <laughs> well, next year. Yeah, we'll do it next year. But what if we just hold our own 24-hour event at Tomahawk? <laughs> you, are you just, this just in, guys, we're going to do a 24-hour race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You probably could there. We're gonna, we'll come up with a track layout on the day before. We'll just rope some stuff off in Dude, the woods. Dude, hey, those woods are sweet over there. Yeah. Oh, I love Tomahawk. Yeah, so we have a two-day event coming up at Tomahawk. Yep. Uh, there is no information available on this yet, none, because we basically just made it up. But the idea is day one will be a class, day two is going to be a Moto Academy ride day, and we're going to do the ride day on a big scale. Sweet. A big scale. So we'll probably have a cool guest instructor come, we'll have multiple stations set up, we'll, there'll be free riding, obviously there will be pit bike Ooh. stuff, oh. also pit bike races, and each of the drills... And the pit bike track, and maybe even we can do a lap time battle of some sort on the big track. There will be like cash rewards for each one and competitions yeah. you can have and finals that you can participate in. And we'll have all of the merch that isn't out yet, and I don't know when I'm going to announce it. <laughs> all the merch is going to be at this Moto Academy Ride Day. Sweet. So if you guys want a bunch of merch, go to the Moto Academy Ride Day. Just keep your eyes peeled. I don't know when... We're gonna have to announce that soon. Well, yeah, yeah we'll we got get a, there. We got a lot to we got a lot to organize. Hey, that's gonna be oh, fun boy. though. I mean, that's gonna be wicked. But um, what were we talking about? FCA. So yeah, we did a did a camp there. That was awesome. And then we went from there to Vermont, my home track, Bogey Bogey Bros. Brothers. Shout out Shelby. Shout out Shelby. We surprised that track owner with Rylan. Rylan's a pro rider. He pitted with us all year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the man. He stayed with me for a week. A week? Yeah, he was with me for a full week, and we just tried to ride as much as possible. It was, it was a blast. Um, so that was a fun couple of days, and yeah. we got a chance to ride me, you. Oh, I rode the banana. You rode the bit for the first time? For the first time. Didn't ride the straight road bike. What did you rate it? I loved it. Good, right? It was the best vet bike. I, I, told, I was like, driver Jamie, listen, this is not a roast. I'm like, this is just like, <laughs> but I'm like, listen, this is the perfect vet bike. Yeah, so plus Suzuki 450. So easy to ride, had the grunt you need. I mean, it was amazing. I actually really liked that bike. Like, I, yeah, I really, Stapes did a good job yeah. on the suspension for that thing, too, because oh, it's just really pl- it's plush. Riding that bike at Tomahawk when I did the class, yeah, really good. Pretty sweet. Really good. good so that times. was a fun couple days. Uh, we basically we just showed up and, and taught a little bit. The, the ride day at Bogey Brothers, we had a little bit of instruction to it, just a tiny bit, and then really just free rode. It was so much fun. So it's fun to be able to just go hang out, help people a little bit, but get some free ride time in, shoot some content, a little bit of everything. Sweet. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be awesome. And we'll do that at Tomahawk, basically. Like, Yeah. I'm excited for the Tomahawk crazy. one. Chad's all in on that, too. Good deal. Uh, and he's excited. And Tomahawk's a good place to do a kind of a bigger event like that. And I'm sure, haven't thought of what it is, but for Moto Academy, people inside the app are going to do something cool. Yeah something cool sweet yeah uh questions cool beans yeah let's do some questions why not okay so if you're inside of the moto academy app you can send us questions that's the only way you can do it send a video to cameraman cam in the direct message system inside of the app go to club.themotoacademy.com that's where you can subscribe then you can download in the app store once you're subscribed uh but feel free to send in videos anything dirt bike advice that red light still on 
Yep. Okay. The red, red record button. Yeah, it makes me nervous that I can't see that, yeah. but that's okay. I'm getting an arm, getting an arm pump. Uh, dirt bike advice. Relationship dirt bike advice. advice. Relationship <laughs> advice. Life advice. Somebody give us how a to build a podcast question. studio in a van. Um, what else have I done lately? Workout advice. Oh, I've been working out lately. Just getting shred city. Yeah, I'm dying to know how that's going. Actually. Send in the questions. Uh, and thank you guys for those of you that uh, have sent in all the questions. It's mostly Real GP. Shout out Real GP. We do have two Real GP questions today. All right, are we going right. for it? First questions in the new studio. I'm ready. Who? who? None other. Oh, hey, Cam. What's up, AJ? Welcome to Tireside Chats with the Real GP. Back in the day, John Dowd used to train on a 125 two-stroke during the week and then he'd race the outdoor nationals on the weekend on a big bore four-stroke. More recently, Brian Deegan put Hayden on a 125 two-stroke for part of his amateur career. In the current state of motocross, how valid of a training program do you think it is to train on a two-stroke and then race a four-stroke? Is it effective? Why or why not? Thanks. Real GP. Does he have a teleprompter? I want to use a teleprompter, first of all. Okay. I've, I've we, always wondered how they work. That's a piece of Do you of think cake. he has a teleprompter? One because how does he not easy. mess up when he asks those questions? He also looked like he was... Hmm. Real GP. He's got secrets. Tell us your secrets, Real GP, He's because I want to know. Sure. I got. I do ads all the time, and I mess them up because I try to just freeball them. We can get you a teleprompter. I, need, I have one at church. They're not... I need a teleprompter. Easy. Yeah. Uh... Good question. I get asked this a lot. I get asked the 250 versus 450 question quite frequently. I want to do this so you can see the... So you can just see the merch. Uh, I get asked the 250 versus 450 question all the time, and I get the 125 two-stroke versus 250F question all the time. If you have the means to do so, I think that it's a good idea from... When you're making the transition. So age 13, 14, 15 maybe 16 to be on the 125 because it is such a more, it's just a way more difficult bike to ride. You have to be in the perfect gear at all times. You have to carry momentum like crazy because if you don't, you'll literally have to downshift midway through a corner where on a 250F, you don't have to do that. Uh, the one thing that two stroke will do though on occasion, if you don't have the right trainer or right person working for, like with you is it can create a clutch abuser, definitely. But it's good to ride both the two-stroke and the four-stroke because you start to learn, okay, which situations do I need my clutch in, which do I not? What gear can I get away with riding in? Uh, what does momentum through a corner actually look like? Because on the two-stroke, you'll need to have it. On the four-stroke, you really can just get away with murder. Uh, I haven't really seen many people do it once they've gone pro necessarily, but... At an amateur level, when you're making the transition, especially if you're kind of in that in-between point, five foot three to five foot seven, let's say 110 to 140 pounds. So you're kind of right there on that in that weird in-between. Definitely worth staying on the two-stroke, or at the very least, going back and forth between the two. For me, I love riding that bike. My straight rhythm bike in some on some tracks, and I hated on others. I hated it at Bogey Brothers. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't like riding that bike there at all. Because you nose case the quad. <laughs> <laughs> There's just certain tracks where it just uh, it's just not as fun for some reason. 
But I guess that's the same for 250s and 450s also. There's some tracks I ride where I just want a specific bike. I don't know if you said this. Did you go from an 85 to a 125 to a 250? Oh, no, good question. So I went from an 85 to a Super Mini and bounced back and forth between 85s and Super Minis. In fact, in the transition up from 50s to 85s, the, at least my dad told me the story, and I think it's true. There was one race I showed up at Southwick and tried to do the 50 class, 65A and 85B. And they said no. What? Why? Because I couldn't do all three. Why? I don't know. That's dumb. Because <laughs> I was seven. I think I was seven about to turn eight when I got my first 85. So I was on all three for like a few weeks or a yeah, month. That's, that's, a, that's a lot. Then I was 50. 65 and 85 for a while. That's a tough jump. Then I was, uh, I was probably just 85 and super mini for a little bit. Still difficult. And then I went, my dad bought me Dave Drake's. Kawasaki 125, I think it was a 2005, because oh. I was on Cowie. The worst bike of all time. So shout out Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience. I hated your bike. And he tells me that he says he loved it. Wow. So I feel bad, but it was horrible. So I rode that in one race. I think I went to Winchester, raced it one time, and then got a Cowie 250F and never looked back. So basically, I went straight to 250Fs. Wow. Yeah. And... <clears throat> Honestly, it worked out well for me. Yeah. I'm a smooth rider, right? I think if anything, the 125 sometimes can instill bad habits in just making you think that you need the clutch more than what you do. But that usually starts 65s and 85s. My dad was always, didn't want me to use the clutch because he thought that it was bad technique, but more so just didn't want me to ruin a clutch that he would have to spend money on. Yep. Fair enough. Like if if I ever came by him and I went eh, a couple times in a turn, he would pull me off the track. There's no way he would allow me to stay out there on the track. <laughs> I mean, if he I ever get heard it, dude. that. So if he was there for your race at uh, oh, I would have been slapped in Barnett. In Barnett, yeah, he would have got he would have got out on the track and pulled you off, and he would have been like, "Nope, we're done." I had to replace my clutch after my race, guys. <laughs> I forgot. I didn't say that on the podcast. I admit, I did one ride after my race. The thing was smoked. Had to put a new clutch in it. I couldn't That's believe unbelievable. it. Rode like an idiot. That's rode it like it was a super mini. I went from an 85 to a 250, and I roasted my clutch like so many times when I got my 250. One, because I was terrified of it, because I was like 115 pounds on a 250, yeah, on a stock fair. 250, so it felt like a supercross bike, and the power was insane, so I was like, I yeah, I used to go through clutches like crazy, but I remember when I was on an 85, also, you had a hard time going from a 65 to an 85? Going back and forth. Oh. Like, I would race the same day and yeah, race that both. Yeah, be, that'd be tough. Yeah. Because I just remember going from a 65 to an 85. It was, like, the best day of my life because the suspension was so much better on an 85. Yeah. Well, because then you go through stages. So you go through stages of, like, oh, I like this bike more than this bike. And then eventually you get to the point where you don't want to even look at the smaller one because it's yep. so much more difficult to ride. Yep. <laughs> but... It's good. My dad, at least this is how we did it, is he believed in keeping me on the smaller bikes as long until I aged out. Interesting. And I was, you asked Dave Drakes, I was five foot 10, size 10 boot, 145 pounds on a super mini. You know, so I was, well, that's why you can still ride Superman. I was just massive. Yeah. Cause I'm the same size now. No, I was basically. Say, you're probably still about five. Yeah, and I remember like my, I would go to like Kawasaki race of champions one year and my, I was the fastest guy along with Zach Bell. Do you remember Zach Bell? 
I do. And Zach bell. bell was also on a cow Pun at the intended. time, I think, and he was like five foot two. He was so small, probably weighed 75 pounds and also had a factory bike. And I was just on my bike at twice his weight trying to keep up with him. And I remember riding really well that weekend, but Jeez. it was just so difficult because I was massive. That's crazy. Massive. That's crazy. Real GP, good question. Let us know. Let us know your secrets. Do you have a teleprompter or... He's got some system. Po- how many po- takes do these things take? Post-it how many notes. Takes? Post-it notes. Written. Maybe have you seen him look at his hand? Like, there's no way. The right, last hit, one was insane. Hit me with another question. Hey, Cam and AJ. Bark Buster Ben here. Long-time subscriber, first-time caller. Quick question for you. Um, I'm a top-five C-class rider. Um, planned on moving to B-class next year. So far, my times have put me about mid-pack in the B-class. Um, do you think it's still better to move up to B, kind of be up in the mix with the, the middle-pack of the B-riders, or do you think it's better to stay uh, down in C where I'm closer towards the top? I get asked this also all Top of the of time. Class, when do I go up? Now, I always say Tell the me. same thing. Tell me. I always say the same thing, but there could be an argument against it. So I would always say move up to B because no matter what. Even if you're not winning C-Class, even if you're a 10th place C-Class guy, move up to B because you are going to be surrounded by, generally speaking, safer people. Now, if you were a top 5, top 3, top 2, top 1 C-Class guy to where you're getting good starts, you're away from the mess for the most part, and that's where you're living, that arguably could be safer than being a guy that's riding around in 15th place in the B-Class or 20th place and just buried every moto. Because... Being buried is usually what's dangerous, and there's going to be, yeah, I could argue myself on this one. There's going to be uh, sketchiness on the first few laps if you're around people in probably equally as much in C or B. At a local level, I mean, they're both going to be sketchy. Even local A-class, you get in a bunch of dudes. Sketchy. The difference between top three in C-class and top six does it fall in C off class, quickly it was insane dude like when i raced the two motos where i did terrible was 250c mm-hmm. and i came out mid-pack on the start and i was like trying not to die yeah i mean just bodies everywhere like people going like swerving across the track it was insane yeah and but you have to be careful with that always because you i have to be careful of that in the pros and supercross right if you don't get a good start and you're in the mix it's going to be sketchy no matter what until it thins out a little bit deeper into the race and you can kind of get into a rhythm by yourself or at least with just one or two people. But yeah, move up. Move up. It will elevate your riding. You don't want to ride beyond your means. It'll put you around safer people, hopefully. It'll shift your goals a little bit. Move up. And I'd say I'd give pretty much anybody that advice. What advice would you give? I mean, I'm... Are you I, moving up? I'd go to B class next time. Okay, B, right. but also they're just they're they're they were a huge step up for me. Like I'll probably right. be in the back of B class, but as far as like improving too, I feel like that would be better than you know sandbag and C class. Yeah. So. Yep. So even if you, he just said he's what fifth place. Yeah. C class guy. Yeah. You're getting close. Up. Yeah, it's about time. Move up. You won't regret it. You'll probably get better. What do I know? Think. Yeah. What do I know? Good question, Barkbuster Ben. Thanks for calling in. Don't be shy. Do it more often. Be like real GP. <laughs> hey, Cam. Hey, AJ. King Friday from Oregon. Um, I got a question about braking before a turn. 
Uh, I hate using my rear brake when I'm standing up. James told me I need to stand deeper in the corner, but my instinct is to sit down and then initiate that rear brake. I noticed when I was trying to stand deeper in the corner, I just relied on the front brake. I just don't feel comfortable lifting my foot and putting it on the rear brake. Um, question, is that an instinct I need to fight? Something specific um, or just trying to get better habits? Thanks. King Friday, great question. And wait till you hear this answer. I, unless it's a huge mistake, unless it's a mistake, I never hit the rear brake while sitting down. I hit the rear brake while standing up every single time, without exception. Hmm. By the time I'm sitting, I am no longer on the rear brake. Every time. So the reason you would be not wanting to hit the rear brake and stand is because you're probably not in the best attack position when you're going to the controls either your knees are too loose and it's causing you to kind of fall forward so you don't feel safe enough to move the foot at all or you're trying to move the foot too much and you're making a big swing to the brake lever and it's breaking your knee loose and then you feel like you're going to fall off the front because anybody that says hey i can't hit the rear brake while i'm standing it's because they're experiencing the sensation of flying over the front you just have to practice tight, tight knees. And I love, this is why I love my Fox boots because they're flexible enough to where I can stretch my toe out, hit the rear brake without moving my knee. My knee stays locked tight and my foot just grows like this, just barely to the rear brake and then right back. You see so many people when they go to the rear brake, it's just like the whole <clears throat> leg does this crazy, crazy movement. I feel attacked. So do you do that really bad? Oh yeah. So that would be... <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, most people, most people kind of do. I there's a lot of situations. King Friday, you might be able to ride pretty effectively without using the rear brake much at all. You don't want to form that habit and live on that. But like when I went to Tomahawk to teach that class and rode laps, I didn't hit the rear brake a single time. I didn't hit, and also didn't hit the front brake to slow down. Like I was just carrying speed. I think yeah. it's a good way to practice. Is just like. Don't always think that things have to be such a stop and go. You know who did that? What? Uh, Stank Dog. At what? your class. What did he do? Would have guys hit corners with no brakes. That was one of the drills Probably he did with Probably a good, great drill. Yeah. Because so many people think that they have to literally... I was. I forgot it was empty. <laughs> it was like you just touched on the table over there. Think that they have to be literal every time about the steps of like, okay, accelerate, okay, downshift. Okay, front and rear brake together. Okay, now I can sit. That's all fine and dandy, and that applies a lot of times. But if you're going really slow as is, you might not even need the brakes. Not saying that King Friday, you're that guy, but I'm that guy some, a lot of times. And that's how Jet hits corners is Jet gets off of the rear brake super, super early or off the brake super early and flows through the first part. So it's that roll speed that keep some momentum going you don't want to end up trying to carry so much roll speed that you just jump out of the rut every time because you're not comfortable with that speed that's where front brake comes in handy by the way but yeah practice an oval straight away turn straight away turn straight away just do it standing up only and practice that motion try to get a video of it send it to me inside of the app if you can because i'd love to see what your lower body's doing yeah hopefully that helps but yes, this is something that you need to work on now. Don't just sit and break. That's not right. 
Sweet. Next question, hit me with it. I'm cool. firing on all syllables. Hey, Albert, Creepy James, Cameraman Cam, OG Moto Academy member Matt here, reporter for duty, literally. Anyway, question for you guys. I was at track the other day, local Northeastern TMA C plus riders. We were out there having a good time and we were flowing around track really well. It was a lot of fun, effortlessly. Nobody was riding over the heads. Everything was so smooth and it was awesome. But we found ourselves catching up to a pack of slower riders. So it took a little bit to get around them, maybe half a lap or so, but it knocked us off the pace. And me and specifically another rider that we were pretty much riding the same the whole time, we weren't really able to step the pace back up. So my question is, is there any drills or anything we can implement to replicate that kind of situation in that way that doesn't happen, or at least a way to work on when that does happen, being able to pick the pace back up and ride to that level? Because previously it was effortless, you know, just kind of going around and it was so much fun, but then pace got knocked off and just couldn't ramp it back up to where it was. And it wasn't that we were tired, it was just mentally, I guess we couldn't push ourselves back into that zone. So. Any help on that? Any tips or tricks? Greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Matt Flood. Shout out, Matt. Thank you for your service, by the way. He's the man. Mm -hmm. We love Matt. Just went to dinner with him after the Tomahawk class. Oh, for real? Yep. Oh, that's him cool. and our Vens. A nice. couple of app members. Let's go. Just getting some dinner. We thought, I, I told our Vens, I'm like, go to uh, Texas Roadhouse. There wasn't a Texas Roadhouse in town. But luckily, he figured out I meant the Outback and just showed up. <laughs> that is that is the most. And I'm like, smart man. He goes, yeah. Well, life. there was an Outback and a Logan Steakhouse, so I figured oh, you meant one of those two. Around here? Yeah. Uh, I'm so hungry. I'm sorry. All right, answer. I don't the know. There was five guys, and I was thinking of getting five guys after this for dinner. Yeah, dude, just training hardcore. Oh my gosh. Matt, great, great, great question. I struggle with this all of the time. I struggle with this all the time. It is very easy and very common to catch somebody get stuck in their pace for a, a corner, a lap, whatever it is, and then you will quite literally be stuck in their pace the entire rest of the moto. So what you'll realize is when you have more chances to catch and pass people is that it is one thing to catch somebody and it is entirely another thing to pass somebody. And you see it in the pro races as well. It's easy to catch somebody sometimes. And then it's a different ball game. You got to go way, way faster for a short period of time to be able to make the pass happen. So when you catch a person, first of all, if you're paying attention, you're looking far enough ahead, it shouldn't just happen like that. It should be, even if the rider is going way slower than you, you should be able to plan ahead at least by 10, 20, 30 seconds because you can look far enough ahead on the track to be able to just see who you're coming up on. And then just quickly assess what are my good corners, where are my strengths in this track, where are my weaknesses. Obviously, you're not going to try to make that pass, and the moment might come in this situation, but don't try and make that pass in a part of the track where you're not good. Catch them. Be patient in the sense that don't try to do it immediately necessarily. Come up with a quick game plan and execute it on the first lap that you're behind them. Worst case scenario, the second lap that you're behind them. You cannot wait. Because if you do, there's something about you just get into this cadence of going slower and then it becomes your normal when you're out there and it's very difficult to then ramp back up. I don't know what the psychology is behind that, but that's normal. And the advice would be use those as opportunities to just practice passing. Don't be aggressive because it's an open ride day probably, right? But try to be creative. Understand that to make a pass, you have to go 
quite a bit faster. So you might have to ride closer to your comfort zone for a corner or two corners. And don't be afraid to take a line that doesn't exist or that you haven't taken the whole day. Just try it. It's worth it. A lot of times, wherever you're going, that other guy will probably be or close to it. Don't be afraid to dance across ruts, jump across sections if you need to. Like when I make passes, especially at a local level, you can go everywhere because usually the people you're coming up on will just be riding right down the center of the track. Fair? Why don't you do local races? I I would love to start. It's just like I have... I don't, up, up until current, I haven't really had time to just do oh, local races. Yeah, I guess you don't really have a dirt bike either. I have a KDX. <laughs> I want to see, like, I mean, they do, like, NEMX races at Jollies and Winchester. Yeah. And, like, that would be fun. We should, cause that would actually be really good content, dude. Just start racing locally? Yeah, because we could do race vlogs locally. The problem is I don't even have a great bike for that. Well, I know. Go buy a freaking dirt bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then we'll we'll make dirt bike videos because we're dirt bike riders. Yeah. So the problem for those listening is that I have a, I have my straight rhythm bike. Yeah. And I have a 1990 KDX 200, <laughs> and that's all I have. So, whoops. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll get an actual dirt bike. Hey, I'm gonna have a new dirt bike soon. I hope. Gosh, take forever. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be fun. Yeah, that'd be wicked. Do some local racing, get smoked probably, but it could track progression and just get better and better. If there was another Saturday race that I could do, you should come race at my track. Uh, The last time I went to that track, though, I got well. Don't do that. Knocked out. I know what you did. Yeah, that wasn't my fault. What? Yes, it was. You were alone. No, I got run over. Oh, what? I thought you were demonstrating. No. Oh, you never heard the story? No, I thought you you were... I, I heard you came in too tight down the hill, clipped your foot, and smacked your head. Oh, you thought I just got knocked out demonstrating just all by myself? So Could you, you f- imagine? First of all, what happened was still equally as bad. That's but. 100% what I thought happened oh, all these years. No, no, we did a... The class was, like, over, but oh, we great. did a, we did, like, a little race at the end of class. Uh-huh. So there was yeah you were you must have been young. I was I was race yeah right. You know better never, than that. I would never do this now. <laughs> so I slowly pass everybody and I get to the fastest person in class in class who is the last person to pass and I pass him. Ride for I don't know three or four corners mm-hmm. at least. So I got the top. And then I slid out at the bottom of the hill. I'm talking slid out to where like I didn't even fall. I just f- fell onto my knee. Like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands on the bars, the whole deal. And I turned around to a bike going wide open and just ran right into me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He just bombed down that hill and then just plowed into me at the bottom of the hill. I wonder who that was. (laughs) Holy cow. Do you know who it was? Do you? Yeah, I can't. I don't remember his name, but I I bet I would. I mean, it's a small world. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't just me just... I thought you were demonstrating to the face. I thought you were demonstrating. Hit your head. No, no. I like slid. I barely moment. Barely. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Basically, except I thought he was nowhere near me. So it was just weird that like he must have been riding over his head, or I don't remember it being muddy. He was riding over your head. Just saying. Yeah, he rode over my head. That's for sure. And I got apparently got knocked out for a long period of time, according to Shelby. Shelby was there. That's how I met Shelby. I think. Oh my god. And she like took care of me and. Uh, I wow. think I got sent to the hospital probably. I'm pretty I sure was, you checked yourself out of the hospital. She said I was out for like eight minutes. 
That's like that's way an too ungodly long. amount of time to be knocked out. That's way too probably long. an exaggeration, that's but even be. so, for her to say eight minutes, it's got to be something. Long. Yeah, I don't know. even a minute. A minute's long. a long time. Yeah, a minute is a long time. Yep, especially. I yeah, I don't know if there speaking were of which, watching. Yeah, that was a weird. Situation. Holy crap! Did you watch the week the race last weekend? Did I? I love how we're just not talking about that there's a 450 rider going undefeated, and this is the last I one. haven't mentioned it one time. We probably shouldn't talk about it either, because this will come out after the last race. But did you see the red flag situation? Yes. They changed the rule. They did? After, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, why? Because they were, so, at 15 minutes, they end the race, as is. Okay. They red flagged the race at 15 minutes and 35 seconds. Okay, so okay. they did a complete restart. But they weren't supposed to? No, that's the current rule. So they changed the rule. So now they aren't doing a staggered start. So now 15 minutes would end the race? That was already the rule. But I'm saying they ended at 15 minutes and 35 seconds. So they were 30 seconds from ending the race. Oh, And they it, did a complete it. restart. New gate drop. Did you not watch it? I thought I did. Thought, Isn't that insane? Thought I did. Must have missed that moto. Okay, so anywho, <laughs> apparently the rule now... Oh, here we are. I mean, given news. Um, could be wrong. So now the new rule is they aren't doing a staggered start, mm -hmm. but first place will be in the first gate on the inside, second, third, fourth, and they flag them one at a time. Apparently. Oh. Interesting, right? I don't know why that would be different than a staggered Weird. start, but whatever. Weird. Yeah. I don't really have an opinion on that either way. I guess that's just a kind of crazy, interesting. Yeah, another question. Hit him right, with it. Matt Flood, great, great question. By the way, shout yeah. out Matt Flood. He's good to see you. Definitely an OG. Good to see you. Definitely an OG. I'm going to see him tomorrow. I think. What? I think he's going to the compound class. Doc G going to compound? Is he? Doctor Greg? No. It's his home. It's his. Is it's where he grew up. All right, here we go. What's up, AJ? Just me shooting with my homies in my dad's truck. Got a quick question for you. Me and my dad spend a lot of time training in on your own on the pit bike. Is that okay for us to be at for technique? I was just wondering. Toodles. Unreal. Dude, the production the on these things yeah. are getting ridiculous. Yeah, guys. We had text. We had we had we had text. We had copies of a himself. Full edit. Ball three two eight. Shout out. That was unbelievable. Dude, we need more like that. Step your game up, everybody else. Real GP and Ball three two eight are just pulling away with yeah, it. Yeah, man. Good question. Especially being little, but for anybody, yes, pit bikes are good practice. Great practice. Good to build bike skill. And good for technique practice. But you've got to wear gear. You mm. can't just hop on a pit bike and not have a helmet on or have an open face helmet on or like a bicycle helmet or tennis shoes or no knee pads. Like put gear on. I get so roasted when I oh, show me up too. with full gear on. I did a pit bike race at the Fox headquarters and I was the only one probably in full gear oh, yeah. or one of very few people in full gear because it's just too easy to just snag an ankle to rip a kneecap open. Something stupid. That's when... That's when injuries happen. I have literally been surrounded by people my entire life that have got hurt on pit bikes. And that's been the story. Did you have a helmet on? No. 
Did you have knee pads on? No, just shorts and flip flops. Okay. Well, right. well uh. <laughs> put gear on. Yes, it's going to be difficult because you're going to feel big on the bike, but I went to Travis Pastrana's house and did a pit bike race and we raced stock 110s and I was fully geared up. I'm five foot 11, 145, 155 pounds. And I was able to ride with completely perfect technique on a pit bike. It's extremely physically demanding. I was exhausted that whole day, I remember. But I was able to keep good technique and it's difficult because the bigger you are on a small bike, the more difficult it is to maintain good technique, the easier it is to where if you make a mistake, then it like multiplies. So ball, if you want to do corner track stuff, some drills, pit bike, absolutely just get geared up. Just get geared up. What do you what what's your pit bike technique practice look like? Did practice you know wheelies on that thing? I'm a sponsored pit bike rider. By T Bolt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you not know shout that? Shout out. Yeah. Shout what, out. what parts do you have? Oh, dude, they sent me so much stuff. Really? It's so sick. I haven't even made the video about it. I but I got getting a pit bike. I got foot pegs. I got a tall seat, which makes the biggest difference. Really? You can grip with your knees. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Tall seat, bars, skid plate, gold chain, because you can. Nice. Chain guide. Uh, suspension, like big boy suspension. My pit bike is baller. I wouldn't mind getting a pit bike or like a Suron or something. To you ride should get in the a woods. pit bike. A pit bike, dude. I love pit bikes. I have yeah. an exhaust. I have a. It matches my pro circuit exhaust on my big bike. Yeah, the pit Just bike's factory? sick. So factory. Yeah. Um, yeah, but dude, I have a friend in my life right now who is like, like we try to do some technique work with him, mm-hmm. and he's like, I can't do it. I'm too big for my bike. Oh. And I'm just like, dude, yeah. no, you're not. I'm like, I can, I literally look the same on a pit bike as yep. a big bike. It just, do you see my scrub? On what? My pit bike. No. Dude, hang on. I'll insert it on in the video. Look how <laughs> sick this is. This is like, this is unreal. This was at Bogey's on the day. Doesn't that go hard? <laughs> oh, sick. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's a good picture too. That's yeah, hilarious. so for like, that's going to be on the screen. Yep. So for people watching, it's perfect to be able to practice that scrub movement because that scrub movement on a pit bike is the exact same way, oh, yeah. the exact same way that you would do it on a big bike. Dude, I got my finger on the lever. Yeah. The whole shebang. <laughs> and it's the same way you do it on a big bike. And that's why bicycles as well, BMX bikes or mountain bikes, translate also. Anything two wheels. So ball 328, if you're spending some time in the pit bike, excellent, great. Practice wheelies, you name it, practice it. Uh, but just have full gear on. And if somebody makes fun of you, don't matter. Tell them that Albert from the Moto Academy told you yeah. that it's okay. And you'll be the one laughing when they have a hole in their shin from their foot peg. Because be that's not fun. No. Good question. Hit me with another one. We're All just right. freaking firing here. How many more we got? Two. Two left. Hey guys, I've been keeping a low profile in here because sometimes being in a male dominated field is a little uncomfortable. So I was just wondering if you guys had had to deal with being stereotyped at all. That's a good question. That's a tough one to answer, though, because I'm not a girl in the motocross world, but I'm going to be able to empathize with that situation maybe a little bit more because I'm having a baby girl in November. November, huh? That's pretty soon. How, dude, I can't believe you're going to be a dad. I barely have. Are I you, don't know anything. Are you like going to go to a class? I don't know anything. Dude. People I don't do know, that. I don't know what they dude. eat. I don't know when they're supposed to sleep. I don't know anything. Dude, like, so my my buddy, one of my best friends, Josh, just had their second girl. Uh-huh. Um, he went she, to a class? She's 
I don't know what they did, but she, dude, Josh had, I was over there, um, within the first week. Is he like a trained professional? He was like, I, he started doing this thing. He was like trying to get the baby to burp or something. Yeah. And like a one week old. Okay. And he had this weird technique thing. He was, and I'm like, how do you know how to do that? He's like, ah, you just, you just, when you become a dad, you just figure it out. And I'm like. That's the most unsettling thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I've never seen anything like it. I don't know. And he just does, figured it out. Does being a dad not terrify you? Ter- like, Yeah, I don't really think about things ahead of time. Well, I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, if, if you think about it, sure, but. Dude, you're going to have a girl? Like, that's crazy. So, a yeah. Baby. Like, that, gonna have that a is. A girl, and it's going to be a baby. Yeah. And you have to keep it alive. And I've got to keep it alive. That's the crazy part. Me, Allie, and Doug. You literally have to keep this thing alive. Like, yeah. So wow. that'll be interesting. And I'm sure she's going to ride dirt bikes. So we'll be able to get kind of a, a taste of that a little bit. Uh, what I will say, I, I would think that hopefully if you're not in an environment or in places that you're like super, super welcomed, almost more so because you're a girl, I think you're probably surrounded by the wrong people. Not to say that that's what's happening, but I love seeing the gr- when girls are at classes. They're always the best. Uh, yeah, like, they're always the best students. That's like, for sure. It's insane. Uh, but yeah, maybe if, if if you are ever struggling with that, just find different riding groups to get into. Because I've seen it happen. I've seen girls be fast before, and I've seen the the boys not want to get beat by a girl. Hmm. Obviously. Uh, but I've also seen the exact opposite of that attitude where a lot of people look at it and don't even, doesn't yeah. matter. It's another competitor. It's not a, doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. Um, oh, she has an awesome bike, by the way, that I want. Oh, really? Right? Isn't she the one that has the Honda? Dude, I, I don't know. Gosh, dang it. Dude. I think so. I, I mean, the so. question was about being stereotyped. So let me stereotype you for a second. Oh, sure. We went over to Uncle Scott. Which uncle? Where were we just? Yeah, today? Uncle Scott's. Okay, yeah. so Uncle Scott's. He basically has the AJ Catanzaro Museum in his garage. <laughs> and when I like, I literally am not kidding. I mean, every jersey from every year. Yep. Your first riding boots. Yep. I got the full tour. Everything is in there. Everything is in there. Yeah. There's. We, a, we should do that on video one day yeah, with him. We need to. Yeah, because he. Because there's was a lot psyched. of stuff that even I don't even know what it is, but he would. Dude. So, he showed me a picture of you. Uh-huh. Full of tattoos, and you were like 14. <laughs> yeah. You got th- you got tattoos when you were 14? Yeah. Holy, like, you had most of them. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, he's howled? <laughs> you were holding a beaver that you shot. Oh, uh, I wasn't 14 in that, but I was 16. <laughs> Dude, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. Like, uh, first of all, let's talk about how completely shredded for you 16. were shredded isn't dude. that crazy you looked like a you like, looked like a 20 year old it was ridiculous. it was insane looking back at some of those pictures i'm like how did i look like that when i was like 15 16 years old it looks like genetics I, was, I mean your dad that's pretty, gotta be your dad's pretty jacked yes. right and he's yeah. almost 70 yeah Holy it's cow. it's it's definitely genetics i mean i looked insane at 16 years old but yeah i got yep I asked my parents, I guess. I wanted to get a tattoo. The one on my back was my first one. The and I, I one? got it when I was 14. 
your parents let you write their your last name across the top of your back when, when you were I was 14. 14. No, I'm not judging you guys. <laughs> I'm not just parents. Yeah. I'm not judging you guys. That's yeah, crazy. So, well, 14. Let's, let's think about this. That's your quickly. freshman year of high school. Before my I went into freshman year of high school with tattooed with a big old tattoo on my back. That's a big tattoo. A huge one. A gr- <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that decision. <laughs> but it's so funny to me. It happened. It's so funny to me. Yeah. I, it's crazy. I remember I showed up to Southwick to race the next day and had to like take care of it. <gasps> what? And I was on little bikes still. You so I was on super, super mini? minis, just with this giant back tattoo. Dude, that is so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Not good. Not oh good, but gosh. I will say for how young I was when I got all my tattoos, like, yeah, I probably one day will remove some of them, but overall, I've made decent decisions. Sure. Is there I've one seen that's people st- make way worse decisions. Do you have one that stands out where it's like, I'd get this one taken Well, I don't off. like the one on my chest necessarily. Which one's that? Just what does like it say? the... Just the the writing. Across oh, really? My chest. I don't really like that one. Well, that one's front and center too. Oh, that's the tricky part. And especially because I have a good chest, <laughs> that I don't like covering it with a tattoo. Mm. Like genetically, I have a big chest for a guy, which is nice. A lot of people, guys especially, do workouts all the time and sometimes don't have big chest. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so well, I like kind of like this question. What else? Uh, well, now we're just talking about tattoos. You, you tell have me a tattoo? You, me? No, I don't do I can't believe I got a tattoo when I was 14 years old. So, by the way, the way it works in the United States is you have to be 16 with parent consent, 18 without parent consent. So you could go in there and get a tattoo at 16, but your parents have to be in there with you. So what did you do at 14? So went to a place that was sketchy enough to do it to a 14-year-old. Whoa. Yeah. Thankfully, you did a pretty good job. Whoa. Or you did actually a gr- I'm actually job. realizing 14 is young. Ridiculously to young. To get a tattoo. Ridiculously young. Whoa. It's crazy. Yeah, but think of all the things I was doing when I was 14. My life was kind of odd. Right. You were probably already traveling like I was like ridiculous. living in Germany and a bunch of random yeah, stuff. Like before I was 16, I had done so much. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm an old wild. soul, Cameron Cam. That's pretty, that's, uh, that's a lot to take in right there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm not against tattoos, but I don't have any, you know. Yeah, I just don't. Have I don't that. care for tattoos. I just don't have They're that okay. desire necessarily. Yeah, I'm completely indifferent at this point. <laughs> now that you're covered in them, it's just yeah. whatever. You don't have anything below your upper body, though, right? You don't have anything on your legs or anything. Nope. Interesting. Nope. And now I have no desire to get any more. But maybe that will change. Hmm. I'll probably just get a couple removed. Keep it simple. Interesting. I like the idea that I have two full sleeves and like you would never know or guess. How deep are we into this? Uh, I'm getting text messages. Oh. We're an hour. Oh, okay. So we could be done. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, the other one's real GP and he can wait. We sure. already had one. So, okay. I'm well, good. Check this freaking studio out, man. Wild. Great success. Hopefully, sun went down. So it looks Sun different went down from when and we started. Yeah, do you think the camera... Is it still okay? Yeah, that's why we have a light. I can't wait to see what this looks like. Yeah, it's going to be freaking sweet. It's going to cool. sound amazing. Cool, yeah, I can't wait to hear and what it sounds like And now it can just like go too. anywhere. Thank you guys for listening. For those of you that are still listening, so shout out my mom, driver Jamie. Matt Flood's probably still listening. I'm sure Premix Papa is still holding in tight. 
uh real gp is definitely still listening mike and andrew probably shout out mike and andrew uh sean wilhite he's probably listening pretty deep into this episode um who else are we thinking ball ball, two, ball three two eight he's probably still still into this thing so thank you guys uh and get in the app if you're not already please get in that thing it's unbelievable version two is coming soon we're doing a trip giveaway you could win it from anywhere yep. all expenses paid trip from anywhere in the world yeah i'm gonna go eat some five guys <laughs> and wake up at 4 a.m tomorrow to go to class okay doodaloo